Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener, if this game is a creme de la creme of co-op or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. What's going on? Doing an well, interstitial here. Yeah, this is not a normable, normal, normable co-op gaming together cooperative podcast episode. We actually have a new game dev in the Gaming Together studio. I would love to introduce... Matt Borges. Hey, Matt. Hey, what's up? So, Matt, we played your game on Twitch a little bit ago, and I am afraid of messing up the title because like Gaming Together, a cooperative <laughs> podcast, it is a bit of a mouthful. It is Apollo, a co-op game, or at least that's what it is currently listed as. Perfect. You nailed it. That was insane, Philip. There's a whole lot of hard words in there. I'm surprised that you got through that. <laughs> I know, but it's really like the... The logistics of the placing of the A's and the V's that really always throw mm-hmm. me off. Mm-hmm. Because half the time mm-hmm. I call our podcast, what is it? The Gaming Together? The Gaming Together. Yeah, yeah I like, do it too that's now. That's our show. You guys have like a cool acronym? Like, because we have ACOG. Oh, that's good. A co-op game, Apollo co-op game. Right. So I feel like that saves my fingers a lot from arthritis. You we say GT every once in a while, but GT. half the time I think about yeah. a, a friend we used to have. Grand Theft Auto. That was a gangster toaster. I always think I never call it that because I think of Dragon Ball GT and I hate that show. Mm. Very fair, very fair. That was the only one that my parents let me watch for some reason. They were like, oh yeah, it's less violent. (laughs) GT, they screened the Dragon Ball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is like, it also had like lower animation quality. So I guess it was less violent maybe Mm. because it just had less animation cycles. Less frames of violence. The only thing my dad wouldn't let me watch was Powerpuff Girls, and I don't know why. Because mm-hmm. I would watch, like, Ham Taro. Like, I would watch, like, equally girly stuff. I don't think it was about the girliness. I don't know what he didn't like about Powerpuff Girls. I mean, it's pretty violent. Weird. It was probably him. That, it was extremely violent. Yeah. You guys remember him? Oh, him was freaky, dude. Now that I think about it, maybe it was him. Maybe him scared him. I don't know. Oh, him. I love him. Him, yeah. icon. Yeah, he's cool a... now. He's cool now that I'm an adult, but maybe I had like <laughs> maybe the first time I saw him I freaked out and he was just like, All right, no more of that show. I don't know what the hell was. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember. I mean, just hard to understand as a kid. All right, Matt. We are a gaming podcast about games. Co op games in particular. So do you happen to have a notable co op memory you would like to share with our co op partners at home? Ooh. Caught me by surprise. Nice. Um Got him. Yeah. <laughs> the one game I would love to shout out is Space Team. Have you ever played Space Team? No. Please tell me all about oh it. Oh my god. Okay. So it's an app on your phone, and I, I feel like of all the games that like subconsciously influence me, Space Team is probably the one. People keep playing Apollo, a co-op game, and talking about keep talking and nobody explodes. Yeah. And it's like cool. I get that it's a lot like that. I've never actually played that game. Awesome. But Space Team. Oh, what a beautiful experience. So uh, you pull out your phone, everyone downloads the app, and you connect just locally. And there's a bunch of buttons on your dashboard. And it's like, discombobulate the combobulator. So what will happen is everyone has a bunch of these weird buttons, but they're all different. And let's say, for example, the mission starts, I get a command, 
press the discombobulate the discombobulator button. I don't have that. So I have to like say it out loud to see like who does have that and for them to press it. Meanwhile, everyone else is also shouting at the same time. And it's great because like it just gets more and more intense. The buttons get more and more complicated to press and like panels start breaking off. It becomes a, a complete mess and it's great. I love it. What was it called again? Space Team. Space Team? Okay. Yes. We'll have to look into Lovely this. Game. Makes me think of um, Operation Tango a little bit. Never played Operation Tango. It's also an asymmetric co-op game. One character is like a field agent or like a spy kind of thing. The other character mm. is a hacker man. And mm. it basically constitutes of like the field agent has to be like, you know, they pull the Star Wars R2. I need you to open elevator B7 on the third floor. And then the hacker man's got to be like, beep, boop, beep, beep. Got it's open. It. Love that. Yeah, yeah it's I, really I good. made a little game while I was in school that was sort of supposed to be like that. It was the, I guess, what was the technical starts of Apollo. It was a little dude in a building and you're trying to navigate the little trap lasers and armed guards while someone else has, you know, all the details. They can see the map. They yeah. have information and stuff. Um, and they're just guiding them through. It, it's a lovely dynamic, really of having like one person with the info, but also without the info. Uh, and then someone else was like on the ground, like they're seeing what's happening. And it's that back and forth of communication of like, you have information that I need, but I have information that you need. And we all need to talk and like get all this discombobulated uh, while we're in the middle of the action. It's like this glorious like rise of this type of asymmetrical multiplayer that I'm really starting to enjoy. I'm starting to kind of find a good handful of them and especially in the indie space like it seems like a really cool idea like uh do you have any games that come to mind philip because i have quite a few uh my first thoughts were what was that um i mean i just think about that one shooter that where one character was like the rts overhead was it quake wars maybe something like <laughs> that talking, talking quake wars is that what we're <laughs> no, gonna talk about no i don't want to talk about quake wars because it was a bad game but it had like one character had RTS mechanics while everyone else was boots on the ground soldiers. I don't know. I can't remember. I haven't heard of this, but it sounds great. I remember okay. Quake Wars, but I thought it was a shooter. So maybe I just never did that RTS thing ever. There, only, there was only like one commander on each team. And of course, if you're the commander, you're not going to switch That's out. Probably it. Yeah. Because it was like a big multiplayer game, right? Like there's like yeah. a lot of people running around. Yeah. And it was like each cell could have like different commanders. And like it was like an open world shooter at the same time. It was weird. Quake Wars was weird. We'll have to do a discussion on it one day. Maybe. But, I was going to bounce a few games off of Matt's, like maybe if uh, to see how, if you've played any of these. But like uh, the first one that popped up in my head was uh, Operation Tango, which is kind of a recent game. Yeah, we just talked about that. Where you been? Yeah. <laughs> you haven't heard all of our episodes? We But we, <laughs> had, uh, we did have the uh, PR person from, well, I almost said Tango Gameworks, but whatever. I forget Clever their name. Clever Clever plays. There it is. Yeah. Thank you. But we had the PR person there on the show to talk about stuff. But have you ever played maybe a game called, uh, well, I don't want to say We Were Here, but that's a game We Were Here with asymmetrical multiplayer where there's a character that's locked in a house and then there's a uh, explorer walking around. I have not played this one. Let me like confirm to double check. No, I have not played it. Yeah, the, the indie space has quite a few of these uh, really awesome titles where if you do have fun playing with that weird dynamic of not of being completely blind to what you're supposed to be doing, We Were Here has 
two sequels, I think. But uh, they are all very fun puzzler games. Mm-hmm. The, unfortunately, they're those kind of games where, like Portal 2, where once you learn all of the puzzles, you just run through it, like speedrun style. But it's right, very right. fun the first time you're trying to figure everything out. I think that bleeds right into, let's talk about the game. The game of the hour. Apollo. The co-op, co-op game. The co-op game. Yes. I, I'm the like, the is there an A game? in there? What? Oh, it is. It We wrote A. I don't know. Oh, it no. Doesn't really oh, it's matter. Apollo, a co-op game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know why I, I freak out about that. So <laughs> I'm like, is it B or is it A? Let's start with the setting. So yes. is it based on the Apollo missions or are you just like borrowing a lot from those missions? So the idea is that everything that happens in the game comes directly from history. Like you are experiencing what actually happened like uh, on the Apollo 13 disaster. What did actually happen and what was it like to be there? What was it like to solve that problem? Obviously, we don't expect everyone to have like engineering degrees and to like go through the like massive amount of information that it takes to just understand like what actually happened, which was a major challenge for us, just like understanding what the heck happened. So in a lot of ways, it's simplified. And in a lot of ways, it's opened up. And by that, I mean, it's an interactive experience, right? So we're not just letting people deal with what actually happened in history. We actually had to research, all right, what are other ways they could have fixed it? So an example, our demo, it's based loosely on the Apollo 13 disaster specifically. And if you've watched the movie Apollo 13, have, have either of you seen it? No. No, I didn't I didn't even under I didn't know what this game was about. I, I know I vaguely understand what Apollo is. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna be in space, I think. But um <laughs> yeah, so when things started breaking, I was like and Philip was like this game's based on history. I was like, wait, did this happen? Right? Okay. That that gets me like it gets me going because this is major world history, I feel like, and most people in the world do not know anything that happened like Apollo missions 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. They don't know how many Apollo missions there were. They don't know what happened on them. And there's a ton of shit that actually did happen on them. Like I have this stack of books here that's like all just the insane history. And it's awesome. There's tons of Apollo nerds because the history is so fucking cool. But most people don't ever hear about it. It's just Practically ancient at this point. Uh, Apollo 11 happened in 1969. Like, if you were there, you're old now. (laughs) Like, there is this uh, specific still I remember from the game uh, after you beat it, and you see this box, and it looks like it's, like, covered in duct tape. And I'm like, were they duct taping things in in space and staying alive? Like, is that what was going on? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what was going on. Um, So, yeah, explaining what the demo is... It's not a one-to-one recreation of the Apollo 13 disaster uh, because this started as a student project. We literally did not have the time or resources to even like, cause the, the whole thing takes place in the lunar lander craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those listeners who don't know much about how the mission works, there were two spacecraft pretty much. There was on top a command module, uh, which was the cone shaped thing that they landed in. And then that attached to the lunar lander. Two astronauts okay. went from the command module into the lunar lander. Lunar lander separated, landed on the moon. 
So in the demo, you're playing inside of the lunar lander. We as students didn't have the time or resources to model both ships. Apollo 13 happened on both ships, right? So we were like, okay, what if this entire thing happened just in the lunar lander? What are the objects in here that they could use to solve something like this? That's sort of like the entire uh, vibe of the project is researching A, what happened, B, what could have happened, and see like how do we condense this and make it understandable for players. I just had like a shot of electricity within my brain where I was thinking if you could if you guys could get like really wild with the budget and then mm. whenever you and be able to model the command module and have three player asymmetrical co-op where like oh, someone yeah, is up absolutely. there doing stuff and someone's down here and you're just trying to wrangle <laughs> these two people who are just desperately trying to not suffocate. Yes, okay, so actually the very, very original plan, like while we were students for Apollo, was it for it to be like a 20 player game. Whoa, right? that's a lot. Oh, um, so having like the yeah, whole crew know. out there. Exactly. Uh, well, so there's three people, three astronauts in history, right? Uh, not in history in general. There were three astronauts in each Apollo mission, and there were a ton of people in mission control. The idea was to have like 20 players, uh, three of them would be the astronauts, the rest would be the major mission controllers. Um, but you know what? It turns out it's kind of hard to get 20 people in a room to try out your like in-development game. So yeah, we sure. scaled it back a little bit, made some slight changes. Well, to the history, because for a co-op game, for a digital game like this to work, we were like, okay, it has to be one astronaut for the mission command to work. It's like, okay, we have some leeway. We can actually accordion this a little bit. So that's why we say it's up to four players in Mission Command, because it can be just one other person, can be four. That's just, that sounds like a really gnarly uh, Twitch game, just to have, like, you are in the Apollo lander, and then you just have people, like, Jackbox-style, join on their phones or their computers, just to have, Ooh, like, okay, uh... I have this one paper <laughs> like i need to mm -hmm. type into chat what well the problem with that is the latency so like everyone has varying degrees of latency so sometimes you it would probably not work very well on twitch specifically but... i mean that's not necessarily a bad idea because it's it's historically accurate actually they had at least a three second latency between the spacecraft when it was like near the moon so latency is just part of it that's freakishly terrifying yes yes Wait. it was <laughs> And also um, something that we wanted to work into the game. When you go behind the moon, you don't get any communication. And so you have played the demo, right? Yeah. You know yeah. that you have no idea what's going on on the other side. You're just like trying your best to like do just communication, understand what's going on. Yeah, Philip kept going, hey, just look at my stream and tell me what it is. I'm just like, no, I refuse. <laughs> I'm going to stare at this paper awesome. until I understand something. Perfect. I, I appreciate that's a very honorable way to play this game. Which I took a look at the tech documents a little bit later. And uh, as someone in the military who uses like TOs and stuff like I used to be aircraft maintenance or I retrained mm. this last year. And those documents are not very user friendly. And I think you guys got it pretty, pretty good. <laughs> that was a question I had in my head when we were playing. Was I looking at the original documents or was that something you had to mock up? Some of them are just untouched original. Really? Um, one or two are made by us. And then there's a couple who are like, I think the portable life support is original, but we 
added a couple of little things to it. So it's a mix, but we generally try and keep it like, you know, as faithful and as accurate as possible. The ones we made, we didn't add information that wasn't on the schematics that we could find, right? The only reason we made them was because we couldn't find them. That exact thing that we were looking for. Right? Gotcha. So how is the documentation from, you know, the 60s? Like, is this stuff still accessible? Oh, accessible. That's a, that's a, it's hilarious, honestly, that you ask it like that. Okay. So the thing about the documents and the historical research for this game is that the Apollo program is probably one of the best documented events in human history. Just full stop, right? It has every single tiny little thing has a fully like fleshed out document about like how this works and where we how we got here like and that happens in multiple stages there's one for each mission an example i like to use is if i want to find out the hex color of anything that's on the spacecraft i probably can it's just a ridiculous amount of detail and technical knowledge so to answer like is it accessible <laughs> In a way, you can access it because it's like you can access it, right? It's yeah. just so much. Control F is the best that I have really to to access it, and that's part of like the goal of this game. So much of this history is out there, but it's inaccessible. It's just in documents. It's in books, and books are great. Love books, but <laughs> <laughs> nice. You can't yeah. control F on a book. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of my favorite podcasts is uh, hardcore history and that's kind of how i'm feeling about like this game is kind of a video game version or a, a virtual experience what, what was it you were calling it earlier yeah just an experience yeah what was i saying hardcore history but he takes all of these sources and puts it into one streamlined narrative where and that and that's what you're doing with this video game and i think that that's really interesting because like i said before i had no idea what was what what was happening like i was googling apollo before, after that or using bing i don't want anyone to yell at me of course i was using bing <laughs> but you were banking it wow yeah yeah it's, it's a long story but you get rewards points on yeah, xbox sure. yeah okay whatever you say the the game itself i was thinking uh where are you going to expand on this idea because every time we did it about the same things were happening but there was so much stuff on these schematics like i could imagine any of this stuff breaking at any time like were you thinking about making a randomized version of this game that you could replay and all kinds of nutty things could happen. That's exactly the idea. As far as the history goes for the Apollo program, there was so much that went wrong. It was honestly a fucking mess. <laughs> uh, and like, there's lots of little disasters, not on the scale of Apollo 13. But for example, most people don't know that on Apollo 11, the first moon landing ever, while Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were coming down onto the moon, there was a guidance computer failure and they had to switch to manual landing and they were talking on the intercom to mission control and that was being broadcast throughout the entire world and most people had no idea that anything was even going wrong because like as an astronaut you just have to like stay laser sharp and like cool uh, in the worst possible disaster but yeah that fact that there was a computer guidance failure and they had to like switch everything at the last minute and land manually that is generally unknown to most humans uh, you know like even if you're an apollo nerd you might not know that and that sucks so are you trying to tell me that the moon landing was not faked 
<laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that in this game. That is not my mission. You can believe whatever you want. Um, there would be an awesome like Easter egg. Yes. Like in my in my head, having the Silent Hill dog, you know. But it's, <laughs> yeah, like you turn around. <laughs> yeah. You turn around into the set. You got the lights. Oh, you thought there was a moon? Uh, yeah. yeah. There's no moon here. You step out of the simulator. What is it? St- was it supposed to be Steven Spielberg or so? who was it supposed to be that directed it? Stanley Kubrick. Stanley yes. Kubrick. That's it. Well, I just derailed it all. <laughs> Honestly, okay, but I love the conspiracy theory of the moon landing was faked because the more you look into it, the more you would be impressed. I feel like <laughs> it would be it harder to actually go to the moon than to make this whole elaborate fake thing and set it up. It, it would be amazing. It makes sense. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about, and I wrote it in the notes just now, I, I don't know if Philip's actively looking at the notes, but I keep jotting things down. In this game called Chess Master, I don't, there's a, there's a suffix after it, I don't know. There are challenges where they recreate high-level tournament play, like, and you have to figure out exactly how the person who won the game, like, won. Like you have like three mm. ma- three moves to find out because there's like only one way to win. I was thinking, if this game had like each of the Apollo missions as like chapters in a, in a campaign, kind of sort of a narrative, mm-hmm. even leading up to the moon landing and having to guide the thing down, like like having its own mission specific mechanic. That's I mean that's we're like shooting for stars right now because uh, in yeah, yeah, in yeah. that way I was thinking of uh, have you ever get played a game called uh, It Takes Two? I have not. Well, it's a it's just a cooperative game. Y'all are so well read on your games. We play a lot it's of all, games. This is all we do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in it takes two. There are multiple mechanics that are only in one like section of the game. Like they turn they turn the game into like a Street Fighter uh, knockoff for like twenty minutes, and then it just never comes mm. back. And so right. like having having these little things like that, and then after you're done with the campaign, you have the randomized version where you can just go willy nilly like even having like difficulty sliders right, 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 like right. how how uh, significant is the uh, disaster that you're trying to <laughs> so yeah yeah yeah. I, I realize now that i completely like went off on the tangent of telling the story of the apollo thing and i didn't answer your question um yes so the idea is to have the mission that is randomized based on all the little disasters that happened actually to nasa actually in real history and we have no shortage. There's lots of little things that went wrong throughout the Apollo missions. We have hush-hush stretch goals, and if we have to dip into the Gemini missions or the Mercury missions for inspiration of things that have gone wrong in other missions, then heck yeah. Perfect. Why not? Lots of the things that went wrong in Gemini could easily have happened in the Apollo missions. Uh, there were the Skylab missions. Maybe there were some things in the shuttle missions that we could adapt to, but that was never like really the goal. Like there is plenty of Apollo history to go around and fill up lots of like randomly generated things because it's not really the experience of the Apollo missions if you know something's going to go wrong and you know what's going to go wrong, right? So (laughs) having that randomized and kind of up in the air is part of like making the experience of like, oh God, I hope this goes well. But there was always a chance. It seemed it would seem like a really cool capsule, like a time capsule. Absolutely. Uh, if yes. you if you had the exact thing, and but like 
set quarantined off in its own uh, i hate using that word but you know in its own little area with and then having the main game be randomized one of my favorite things about the game whenever we finished the demo and we got those videos and i got to see like what everything really looked like and stuff like that and i saw mission control and philip was saying yeah that video is cool and he started describing something that i didn't see in my video and I was like, yeah. are you serious? You had a different video? Now I want to play the other side and see what it is. And you know what that harkened back to one of my favorite games of all time uh, as a kid, which is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Again, I don't, I don't know if you've ever played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater like on the N64 and PS2. I have. I have. That's the one that I finally have played. Uh, nice. One thing that was awesome that pushed you to replay the game was that each skater had their own specific videos for whenever you beat the game with that skater and so you would end up beating the game like 15 times however many skaters there were just to see all the content and i was wondering if you would have like all kinds of different footage and videos and stuff that you unlock as you keep playing this game over and over for people like me who are really interested in seeing these kinds of scenarios played out in real life what a lovely question actually uh I feel like you should tell your listeners that, like, you weren't set up to ask these questions uh, just to leave me in and have a great answer. Uh, (laughs) Because, like, yeah, that is absolutely the goal. For example, if you had just died, like, if the astronauts in Apollo 11 had just perished in actual history, there's a speech that was written called In Event of Moon Disaster. It's one of the best speeches ever written, I personally think. It was never said, because thank God they didn't die, right? But most people don't know about this speech. They don't know how freaking cool it is. Thank God I can say that like it's, it's a cool speech without referencing the death of any astronauts. But I would love if we could explore, you know what, honestly, what would have happened if the astronauts died? And then you get to see it. They would have delivered this speech. Wow, that's a great speech. You would have an impact on the rest of the Apollo program. Would it have been cut short? Let's find out. And in terms of other things that could have happened, they could have, during Apollo 11, not made it to the moon for any number of reasons. Exploring not just what did happen, but what could have happened is sort of what making this an interactive experience is all about, right? That would be a cool end game. Uh, like if you lose, you do hear the like you go on Fiverr and pay someone with an awesome voice to just read a part of the speech. Oh, yeah. You know how in like Call of Duty Modern Warfare or all the Call of Duties, when you die in the campaign, it shows you like a quote. Actually, I don't know if they do that anymore. It's been so long since I played Call of Duty. No, but... they don't do that anymore. Oh, they don't. Um, that was oh, definitely that's sad. Four. Because yeah. I, I like just the last remember they would say I, something I... from like Sun Tzu, and I'd be like, "Fuck you, Sun Tzu." <laughs> I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I remember getting like angry it's like i don't don't want this right now i don't want like an abraham lincoln quote right now it's not helping (laughs) but yeah that would be really cool and then uh i don't know yeah i would i would love to hear that that speech now like whenever you said that when they were up in space they had a speech prepared for if they died that literally twisted my stomach in a knot i was like Mm -hmm. dude did they get to ever see the speech like what was going to be said it's like here's the piece of paper we're going to read if you died up there if you were no longer here because that, that seems that's some existential crisis type shit. Well, that's what it means to be an astronaut. Like one of the things that made this great for making a video game about is the people who were building and designing the spaceships and the simulators for the spaceships 
were super proud of themselves and they were like, we can grab someone off the street and within a few hours, they will be ready to land on the moon. Obviously, that's not necessarily true. Like, technically speaking, they'll be able to press all the buttons in the right time and stuff, right? But what the astronauts could do that someone off the streets couldn't do is stay laser focused in the worst possible scenario. NASA recruited from uh, test pilots in the Air Force because they had in the past had something break on them while they're in midair and they had to like stay laser focused in the middle of, this, of a disaster. That's the essential skill of an astronaut back in the day was staying cool in a disaster. And it's the central challenge you could say of this game is communicating well while everything's breaking around you. I just, I'm un unfortunately thinking about Dead Space 3 now. <laughs> that you can do a lot of fixing your own spaceships in that. What were you going to say, Philip? Uh, I think in the instructions, uh, it might have been on your side, but you specifically told me as the astronaut, do not panic. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite Thanks, part. Thanks, Mission Control. Yeah. Very, um, don't oh, panic. What was that? Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's like step one, oh, don't yeah. panic. I can't remember. It's been so long. So you, since did, that. You, did you guys both play? either side or did you because you told me that you didn't survive the first time rest in peace apologies yeah um apologies oh um, but uh, did you guys switch off or did you try again with the same roles no see Nave's uh, computers are weaker than the computers they use to do the first moon landing so mm -hmm. uh his crashes just too often so i was the only astronaut and he was the only calm command guy but I was watching. We did. Uh, we streamed it on our Twitch channel, and I did watch our playthrough and watched Philip's face as he, the the timer just kept going lower and lower, and I kept not helping. <laughs> so because, but you saw the. Uh, you said you saw the documents. Now, Philip, like, could, do you understand why I was yeah, so lost I, in confused? I'm not used to looking at something like that. That's why I was asking because they look like real government-based technical documents where they're not user-friendly half the pictures don't look like what you actually see in the in the actual craft and you're just like well the instructions say you can do this so we can probably do it and then you just got to figure it out nice yeah we yes. were winging a lot of it like i was like maybe over there i don't know he's like it's in the app <laughs> look in the app storage and i'm like i think i'm in the app storage like yeah. stuff like that you know a big part of the joy of making this game is just watching people struggle you know like if you're if you're that kind of sadistic person who enjoys watching someone in, in a nice fun panic it's when great. we spoke to liz about uh operation tango she said she often goes into twitch streams and watches people just suffer in different uh, yes. parts of the game because some of those missions are kind of obtuse sometimes so i yeah i highly recommend that uh, that game we were here and also whatever i was just talking about those games operation tango well i mean they don't do the same thing that your game does obviously because those games are just kind of fantasy abstract doing whatever they want uh whatever they think's cool mm -hmm. that is the main appeal that i see in this game like i said the videos were awesome and the pictures and the like being able to like have all of this play in one place so that you could genuinely learn about something because I mean, I'm going to sound like a, a dumb dumb right now. You guys keep referencing Apollo 13, and I have no idea what you're talking about. What is, is that one a bad one? Uh, yeah, um, you are not a dumb dumb. You are a smarty for asking the question, right? So Apollo 13 famously was the only Apollo mission that did not actually land on the moon. On the way there, they had an oxygen tank explosion. Are you about to tell um, us something classified? Because it sounds like the cops are coming to stop you. 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, could be. They made a movie about it, so I hope it's not classified. I don't know. <laughs> uh, actually, quite cosmic and awesome. Uh, the director of the movie, Apollo 13, amazing movie. Super historically accurate, but also like incredibly done. Tom Hanks was in it. Tom Hanks is cool. Ron Howard. Let me quickly make sure that's actually his name. Uh, because he spoke at my graduation and you know Apollo started as a student project and I was like wow how cool is it that the guy who did Apollo 13 is actually here giving us some life advice yes Ron Howard uh, talked at our graduation that's serendipitous <laughs> serendipitous yeah um, I might have used that word wrong just then I don't know double down <laughs> Sometimes, no. double down yeah you, you asked about Apollo 13 yes it was a disaster, but they call it the successful failure because they were able to do what happens in this game and figure it out and use duct tape and plastic bags to survive and bring the astronauts home. I'm not okay with spacecraft being held together by duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's all you got. That's how it is, dude. All right. I think it's time for a quick break and then we'll come back and finish up our chat and the music plays. What is that thing behind you, Philip? What is that big black this propeller one? looking? Yeah. This is a um this is a an axe from my maintenance unit actually. See my little C one thirty. Basically the refuel droves, whenever they come out the back of the plane, they will like flip around in the air like a whole bunch if any of these are bent. So these streamline it so the hose stays straight. So then when the helicopters come in, they stick their little fuel probes and they just jam it in there. And they get the fuel. Hot. Yeah, I know. And then they, <laughs> they drink the fuel from the plane. But then whenever they're coming in, sometimes they'll like mess up and they'll just bash the crap out of the, the little fins and they'll bend them and stuff. And then next thing you know, it's just flying all around the sky. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. And there's like 30 of these on one parachute. And my job was to take them and there's like tiny holes all around the, the rim of it. And I had to like bend over and stitch them all together using like paracord just... So it would stay straight. It was, it was terrible. And during which time you take one, sneak one for yourself. To no, this was my going away <laughs> present. They were like, hey, these are cheap. Here you go. It's engraved. Nice. <laughs> That's well, not what you want to hear. Hey, this, these things are cheap. The thing in the aircraft. <laughs> like... Well, I mean, I'm, I was the one that would order them from supply. They like requisition them. So I knew how much they were worth, which I'm pretty sure they were overpaid because they are like, they're like light steel, but they were only like $130, which is pretty cheap for airplane parts. Anyways. What were we talking about? Oh, we were, we're on back. break. So it oh, matter. do you need a break? Do you need to use the bathroom or anything? No. And we're back. What is okay. on your hat? Because I keep thinking it's the Oklahoma flag because it's like the same color as Oklahoma's flag. All of the colors. Nope. California poppies. Is that the state flower? Uh, that is the state flower. I do live in California. Where are you guys actually? Texas. Oklahoma. <laughs> So you're in te wait, you're in Texas, you're in Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in California. Love the current moment in history. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about it. I distract myself <laughs> as much as possible, you could say. <laughs> what were you gonna ask Philip again? Honestly, I kinda of lost in the sauce at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. I knew it was gonna happen eventually. Okay. So one thing I do want to bring up. I know we keep asking you if you played this game, but I keep thinking mm -hmm. about Kerbal Space Program anytime you describe a flight. Oh have you God. seen anything on it? Have I seen anything on it? Okay, I have hundreds of hours on Kerbal Space Program. Thank God. Okay, we finally got one. 
Are you good at it? Because I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I've terrible. only played it on oh, the no, Xbox. That's, that's what it is. Like, no, no one's good at Kerbal Space Program <laughs> unless they have like thousands of hours. I guess. Like, it, the game is about crashing. I feel like. <laughs> Poor Jeb. <laughs> or whatever his name is. It's always Jeb. I think. Yeah, Jeb, the first Kerbal. Jeb died long ago. Straight into the water. And when you were describing like the shuttle in the capsule, like the lunar lander in the capsule or whatever, I'm like, mm. I'm just thinking about Kerbal Space Program. I'm like, that would have broken apart before we even got in the right orbit. Like, there's no chance. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. if Kerbal Space Program was co-op? There's got to be a mod somewhere. Uh, I believe there is. And you got to look into Kerbal Space Program 2. I'm like 5% sure that they're looking into multiplayer for that. Um. But it, it's looking beautiful. You just go too. into the air with your spacecrafts and become like a, a Megazord or whatever it is from Power Rangers. Dude, that'd be so cool. In the air. Oh. That, well, that kind of happened in history. Um, there has been a number of missions where they the spacecraft kissed. Yeah, didn't they do that with the ISS? Hooked up. Uh, that's how it, They launched it in sections and then they connected them. And that's then scary. Russia is blowing up their own satellites or something. I don't keep up with space news. No clue. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, me neither. It's kind of getting like depressing as uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk sort of take over. The thing that I always think about with which is like surprising is like how much debris is in space. Like I never even oh, yeah. considered. Like it, there's like a there's like a website I think you can get on where you it's like tracking all of the debris and it just looks like we have a force field. And I'm like, how does anything ever get out? No, you are not only completely right, you are defining the experience of space travel. Like, the more I research all of this stuff and everything that happened in history, the more I'm just like, what the fuck were these guys on? Like, <laughs> they're just making it up as they went along, hoping for the best. Um, that's not far from the truth, I feel like. Um, specifically with Apollo, like... They were debating what would happen if the lunar lander touched the moon. Some people were like, oh, well, obviously the lunar lander is just going to plummet 50 feet down through floating dirt, right? Because there's right. not a lot of gravity on the moon. Uh, then another one was like, oh, we don't know whether moon dust is going to explode on contact with oxygen. <laughs> so like you just make a fireball that destroys the moon as you're going down. Oh, God. Um, well, that, well, no, 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 because there was no oxygen on the outside of the ship. The idea is that they would put on their space uh, suits, go outside, come back in oh, with their <laughs> suits full of space dust, yeah. and then find out if it happens, right? Um, there's, there's all sorts of stuff like this. And, you know, it's complicated, but, like, the degree to which we were just bumfucking it and just seeing what happened out in space is insane to me. Like while we were space racing. I wish we were recording the video because like every time Matt's like tells us something like that, like my face just contorts, just like (laughs) the the expressions. I'm going through a lot of, uh, a lot of emotions when he's saying something like that. Cause I mean, it's like, cause he's right though, because like, how would you know? Cause we don't have moon stuff. (laughs) Like I don't, uh, uh, stuff quote of the day. All right, Matt. We have moon stuff now because have... these brave men risked their lives not having any idea what they were doing. Exaggeration, of course. Like, the one crazy thing I didn't know was that it's like how much our bodies rely on Earth's gravity. Like, we, we adapted and we 
evolved with Earth's gravity like as a constant, right? And so when mm. people would go to spend a lot of time in space, like they had to constantly exercise just because the lack of gravity pulling there because it's like the blood going up is being pushed a lot harder than the blood going down because right. of gravity like that's how our bodies adapted so like people like like uh astronauts would be giving speeches when they get back on earth back in the day they'd be standing up but one time an astronaut like passed out or something because of the the blood rush when they stood up yeah. and now they all do their little interviews sitting down and i'm like that's there's a little piece in my brain where that information is just always going to be i don't know why no absolutely astronauts can experience 20% of loss of muscle mass in a space flight that's just like 5 to 10 days 20% of their muscle mass just atrophy because you don't use it in zero gravity. The body is absolutely not set up for it. Um, and as we were spending more time in space, it's like we actually had no idea if humans would survive for like a hundred days in zero gravity. That was kind of up in the air. So there were more like the missions got longer and longer over time. We technically speaking did have the technology to stay longer. We just weren't sure what the effect on the human body would be for uh, long, long missions like the Skylab missions where they were in there doing laboratory stuff for a long time. That's scary. All right, Mats, we have talked about the game. We have talked about space. How about you tell us a little bit about you and your team? Let me pull up the team so I remember who the heck is on here. Uh, I agree. Like yeah. We got so many names bouncing around our heads now. It's insane. <laughs> so, okay. There is me, I'm the designer and producer. We've got Lucas Schwartzer. When this started as a student project, it was me and Lucas. He's the 3D artist, um, but he was also helping design the puzzles in the game. Uh, we got Blake LaRue, who is our lead programmer, uh, and my boyfriend, who just graduated from UCSC not too long ago in computer science. And we've like made a number of games before this this was just like the next thing for us it's it's awesome to be in a relationship where you can work together on the stuff that you like just a power um, couple can, <laughs> that's exactly what it is carolyn goodell a social media manager kevin robles is oh, i love kevin let me just put that out there kevin is a wonderful person and if you're looking for a composer on your projects talk to kevin robles he is making some music for some projects on netflix and he's just fantastic all around like great to work on on the project enthused and he gets it i i don't know what else to say about this lovely man i like laughed a little bit because i thought you were just gonna be like uh shout out to kevin he's not on the team but uh i like that guy <laughs> <laughs> sorry go um, on i would for that man i would uh harrison gerard is our art director and he does our graphic design too extremely talented guy just like fantastically talented um and he, like, when we started as a student project, I was like, hey, I've seen you're getting a lot better at graphic design. Do you want to, like, help us out, uh, make one or two things for us? And he's like, sure. He put that on his portfolio. And then, like, right as he graduated, like, he got a job at Fulbright Games. Um, Fulbright, who made Gone Home and Tacoma. Yeah. A bunch of stuff. Um, terrifically talented guy. Now he's getting, like... He's getting paid so much. I don't know like how much we can afford from him. Like he is fabulous. <laughs> I can't afford to pay you. I'm sorry. You're off the team. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it has been on this team is like, okay, uh, 
you can be art director. You can have the role that you is your dream role for this and have it on your resume as a great like yeah. thing on your resume, right? To say that you are an art director on a legitimate project. Um, and that is the most high value thing I feel like I can truly offer someone who is getting paid like hundreds and hundreds of dollars for like a logo. But boy, did you see that logo? Sick logo. Oh my yeah. God. Look, go to our website just, just to enjoy the graphic design. It's, it's a lovely, lovely. Oh, yeah, it's got design. style. I love the A with the little moon in it. I mean, it's perfect. That's assuming the moon is still real. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's real. It's just made of cheese. I wish I knew more conspiracies. I just, they just always make me laugh. You know, there's always like one guy in your work though. That's super into it. Like everybody has a crazy George. Or the oh, guy that's telling me yeah. the pyramids were built by giants. Love those guys. And I'm like, yeah, I know it was, but please don't tell me about it. <laughs> I, I I have a guilty pleasure in just like, tell me more. Like, yeah, this is just keep going. <laughs> like, tell me, how did the giants do it? Like, where'd they find the giants? Did they pay the giants? Like, how did this happen? This is great. Where'd the giants go? What's up with that? All right. Now that we've met the team, can you tell us anything about the future of your Apollo project? or Apollo, uh, the co-op game. Right. So we have some days left on the Kickstarter. I'm just going to say there's two futures. There's a future where we get funded. There's a future where we don't get funded. Future where we get funded. We have a development cycle that is about one year, so you're not going to have to like wait too long for it. Um, there are also stretch goals, which are top secret. Um, like actually if you look at our kickstart it's it's there it's like oh top secret um nasa documents uh you can't actually look at it until it's funded (laughs) um but we do have like multiple like project sizes depending on the funding um minimum funding which is the forty thousand dollars one is like the minimum project is two hours long feature length game experience the idea it's like going to a movie with your friends but instead you're all at home playing a video game with each other for the same amount of time and the same sort of like cinematic experience right that's the idea um but you know with stretch goals there's lots of things that can happen we have different plans for different sizes of project then there's the future where we don't get funded um that is the future in which, well, we can try again. That's the lovely thing about Kickstarter is that there's no problem with trying it, learning from it, and then in a few months, in a year, in two years, in many years, trying it again. Um, and I'm very strongly like thinking about it because there's a mountain of beautiful work that has been done for this game. Um, Like, it actually surprised me how much I like our own demo. I always, this is terrible, but I kind of thought, okay, our demo would be bad, but uh, no one's really going to play it, so let's just have the Kickstarter and see what happens from there, and then we can make something good. But how it ended up happening is that our demo is actually, like, wonderful and, like, has beautiful music. The art is all there. It's all accurate and it's all cool and it's a great experience. And it's, I owe that to the team. Great team, right? It, yeah. We ended up with a mountain of beautiful work. So I would love to keep going with this in some capacity and come back to it in future years. If 
we don't get funding. So that's that. You ever think about like as as the project goes like longer and longer, maybe shopping it out to like publishers or something? I don't know how any of that works. Obviously, we're not game developers. We're just we're we just couch laymen. But um, what is? Do you know what any process like that is like? Yeah, because you have um, like an awesome build, like you were saying. I think we definitely have something that we can show to publishers. This is a discussion to have with the team, right? Uh, Kickstarter is so lovely if you can get your funding through Kickstarter because it's like you are in charge of your own project. Uh, deadlines are, you know, what you owe to your customer. Like you're dealing directly with like what is your brand worth when you're dealing with deadlines. When you say, oh yeah, it's coming out this day and then you delay it and then you just tell your people. Uh, with publishers, it can get way dicier. Um, you can go down the slope of, no, you are delivering on this date. You're just going to have to make a project that is much worse, right? So I'm not particularly into that, but you have to live in the real world sometimes. So it's, it's something that we have to talk about the team. I definitely think that given our demo, yes, it's very possible, but up in the air. And hit us up if you get if you get grabbed by Game Pass because I've been there's just the <laughs> the whole industry is just trying to figure out how that works. Oh, Give yeah. us the scoop, but um yeah, yeah uh, I'll let you know. You talked about stretch goals. Uh, could we get a stretch goal where I can make mm -hmm. Neil Armstrong Fortnite dance on the moon? Because unfortunately, no, we are not including any historical figures, but we can make oh. you as yourself Fortnite dance on the moon. How about that? Will you settle oh, for that? Just like customization, like Halo, Infinite, different, ar different. Uh, I was gonna say armor, but like different <laughs> astronaut Space suits. Armor. <laughs> <laughs> that gets me because, like, I just know for a fact, like, as soon as you give people control of the colors, they just choose the most god awful colors. And I know it's gonna happen, and I'm just gonna, just gonna have to let it go and just let it happen. Sure, go just for it. Royal purple and neon pink all day. <laughs> Those are my. <laughs> The best. Yep. All right. Got anything else, Philip? So this is obviously a, a big field of study, just the Apollo program in general. Have you been contacted by any uh, people that like were, well, it was a long time ago, but people that are really into the Apollo lore, I guess. I don't know how to describe it. People that are into <laughs> the Apollo field of study and been like, hey, you really need to include this aspect or you got this totally wrong. The toilet needs to face to the left, like stuff like that. Luckily, not yet. Uh, we've had lots of like really nice and polite people say like, oh, hey, have you noticed this? Um, which is awesome just to see like that someone cares enough about this project to be like, okay, let's improve this. This is not quite right. Um, but, you know, part of our demo, our whole shtick right now is the demo is not made to be exactly completely 1000% historically accurate. Mm -hmm. We're trying to show you the gameplay and what it would be like. And we say that out loud. That doesn't stop people from coming in and saying, like, the moon is not at the right stage for this oh part of the, the mission. It's like, <laughs> awesome, thanks, cool. said, so where is the movie studio at? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten any of those yet. And you know what? Free invitation. Please message us. All right, Mats. First off, I want to thank you for coming out and joining us here on Gaming Together. Awesome. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Great to be here. And is there anything you would like to share with our audience before we call it quits? Mm, no. 
Perfect. <laughs> so that's always my answer. <laughs> Just long silence. No. <laughs> all right. With that, thanks for joining us, co-op partners. Maybe we can all go to the moon together next time. Bye. Or crash. Goodbye. Or crash. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye.